Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Playmakers, what's going on? Hello, welcome back, everybody. Hey, welcome back. You know, it's our favorite time of the week and we are back to interviewing, but we are all in our separate locations. So this is the first basically remote episode that we have with a guest. So we are so excited, but we won't waste any more time. We're going to toss it on over to our guest and let her introduce herself. Okay. I am Kim Adams. I'm married to Matt Adams, who is a major league baseball player, although we are right now in AAA. I've been working in sports for over 20 years, and then I married it when I met my husband, which we met in 2016. So I've been in it, I've been in sports for quite a while and kind of two different perspectives. Yeah. So what was that first perspective? What were you doing working in sports? When I moved to St. Louis, I became a Pilates instructor, kind of in a roundabout way. And from day one, ended up working with athletes. It was kind of, I just had one athlete and then word of mouth. And then I started getting a bunch of athletes across different sports. I've worked with uh, three professional sports teams in St. Louis, which is where I live in the off season with the Rams before they moved to LA and with the Blues, which is our hockey team. And then with the Cardinals, which is where I ended up meeting Matt. You know, what's so funny is, you know, the sports industry is such an intense lifestyle and it's, we always laugh because every time we interview someone, it's like, you could never get enough. So you end up marrying someone or dating someone that's in the sports industry. It's probably because you end up spending all your time with those people, but I want to hear how you met your significant other. And then let's dive right into the baseball world. Okay. So I actually met Matt. I was working so many hours. And like you said, it's intense. And I was actually in the process of a divorce when I was hired by the Cardinals, partly because of the intensity of the sports industry and how my job was and the travel. And it was just kind of crazy. So when the Rams moved to St. Louis, that kind of opened a, like a window of availability. And I met with the Cardinals and I actually, the first time I ever met Matt was they flew me down to spring training for an interview. And I ended up interviewing, staying that week and working with the players that week, like right away. It was kind of just a whirlwind weird thing. And Matt was one of the first groups that I had there that I met. So when you met him, was it Because I feel like that's so, it's hard because you're trying to be in a professional atmosphere and and not, you know, cross the line, I guess. So how did you kind of actually start that relationship? In that scenario, I have to tell you that I went into it, I was keeping everything quiet about my divorce because one thing that I've always, as, as a professional working in the sports industry and being a woman, one thing that I was super conscious about was making sure that I lived my life in a way that nothing could be misconstrued. I mean, I kind of put out an energy that this is what it is. People knew that I was married. I had kids. So like, it wasn't an issue and it wasn't a thought in my mind. In fact, if you would have asked me at that time, I probably would have said I would never marry an athlete because I've worked with hundreds of them and combination of the lifestyle and, you know, the things that you hear that 
you know, some true, mm-hmm. some not, yeah. or I just, it just was never a thought in my mind. So when I first met him, I was still married and operating as married. I remember even thinking like, do I wear, like, should I wear my wedding? I kept wearing my wedding ring. Cause I just didn't want any yeah. kind of like it's off the table. Plus I'm a lot older than Matt. So like in that scenario, I, because I've been working in sports for so long, I think when I was younger, it was a little bit different, but coming in is like somebody older and part of the performance team. So there was nothing like that when we first met at all. And truthfully, he was like visually, not really like my type at the time, (laughs) nor, nor was I his. So there was, yeah, nothing. When I started working there, it was, there was no thought in my mind about that. We actually worked together very closely, which I can talk about. And then became really, really close friends. He was actually really close with my family, with my ex, he still is. And my kids obviously are his stepkids now, but it was just a really weird, it's, we still say today, it's hard to believe that we ended up together. Like it, we still like are amazed by that. Yeah. I want to dive in a little bit into being a woman in the sports industry, because a lot of it is very male dominated, which there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I feel like we have done several interviews where just getting your foot in the door is so much work and you almost have to prove yourself in a way that, you know, just as much about the sports and how everything operates as any other male in the industry. So talk about that a little bit, because when you're chatting about not wanting anything to come off that you were going to even date someone any of that that's so interesting to me because if it was the other way around I'm just going to say it I don't think it would have been really even taken into consideration and that's just me throwing my opinion out there but I want to hear how you felt behind the scenes in the sports industry and then we want to hear all about Matt so kind of share a little bit about that. So I would say the most common question people ask me either on social media or when I meet them and they know what I do for a living is how did you start working with athletes? Like, how did that happen? And I will tell you that for years, I was told by pretty much everyone in my life, including a lot of my clients, like a team's never going to hire you. They're never going to hire you. Like, you know, people were doing Pilates, but it wasn't so mainstream when I started. Started. It was kind of alternative. A lot of teams don't like, you know, their players working with outside people. They want to know everything that was going on. And so kind of gathering, I spent a lot of years kind of gathering like how, how this worked and understanding how it worked. And I'm a big networker. So I made sure that if I was working with a client that I reached out to the coaches, the training staff, whoever, and introduced myself and basically said the doors open. If you have something you want them to work on with me, let me know. And, you know, if you have questions, if you want to see something, I know a lot of the strength trainers and stuff throughout different sports, because sometimes in the off season, if they come and see their guy, they'll come in and they'll do a session with them. The old strength coach for the Cardinals was in a group on the reformers in my studio with the players. So it happened mainly word of mouth, I would say. And my first real job came with the Rams. And it was really because I was working with a player that showed a lot of improvement in certain areas. He was kind of like more like third string type guy. 
and they were like, what are you doing? And he was kind of like, was dealing with some injuries and he was great. And none of that stuff was bothering him. So players started asking him what he was doing. His coaches wanted to know what he was doing. And then there was an introduction to a more influential player on that team. And that player was the one that sent me over to Reggie, their, you know, head trainer and was like, we, we need to be doing this. That's how it happened. And it was funny because I had started working with hockey players originally and kind of in my mind was thinking I would end up working for the blues. Like that was kind of like my goal. And to talk about that and getting into the sports industry, I was a Lululemon ambassador and they sent me on this trip, right? Like an ambassador trip. And they do this whole goal planning and goal setting. And I'm really big on, you know, visualization, goal setting, all of that. And I'll talk a lot of what I do with the players is more than just like physical. It's a lot of mental work as well. And I wrote down at one point, I was, my goal was I'm going to work with this professional sports team within 10 years. Cause they make you put like a time limit on, or I think I said within five years, whatever it was. So moving and I go back, this is years later, I go back and I find this goal setting sheet and I had gotten the job with the Rams three months before the date that I had said that I'd be working with a professional sports team. So it was kind of just like, I was like, wow, look at how that works. <laughs> so once you're in being a woman, wasn't a big deal. It was a little bit more with the Cardinals. There were some things there, but I felt like I was always treated with respect and I was certified in Pilates, but I did go on to get my certification in, I'm like a certified strength and conditioning specialist, which is a CSCS, which is what most professional strength trainers on teams, that's the certification that they have. So I wanted there to be no question. Like I am, I, I know what I'm doing. I know this from various aspects. And so I did do that to kind of ensure that I had the letters behind my name too to go with what I was doing. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a stigma behind Pilates that it's only for women and a lot of men come into that looking at it being like, I'm not going to do that or why would that help me or they kind of don't understand it. it. I just think it's interesting how you kind of got into the realm of being with the players because I know like my fiance, he did yoga and that was like what they were required to do through high school, college, all of that. So I feel like Pilates was, it's better for you than yoga, but people don't really know about it as much. So I think it's interesting that now like you're kind of involved in this atmosphere that I still, I still feel like it's not out there as much. I don't feel like that's kind of a common thing for people to do. Becoming more common at least like it kind of like the major league level right okay. so mm -hmm. there like I I see it a lot it's not talked about a lot for some reason like yeah. that's what's weird to me is like it is there so like it's very rare these days that I get a new client that's never done Pilates like they at some point they've usually been introduced to it mm -hmm. I don't I think it's rare at the college level, which I think is a shame because I think if guys started doing this type of work for themselves and they kind of learned, I mean, it's not just Pilates, I should say that. So I don't do real traditional Pilates. I've actually changed a lot of what I do. Same thing with yoga, which I think is interesting because I think a lot of people are like, oh, go do yoga in the off season. And I'm thinking, I worked with a quarterback and he was doing a ton of yoga. And I thought to myself, 
you know, if you're not doing one-on-one and you don't have someone having eyes on you and giving you the proper cues for your body, like this is your livelihood. Like Mm -hmm. it is so easy to get hurt doing yoga and Pilates. If you're just kind of going through the motions, there's a new style of Pilates Legree, which I'm sure you guys have seen with the mega formers. And it's awesome. Like it is a really cool method. It's so different than traditional Pilates. But it's like it's like Pilates boot camp, right? Yes, yes. So and I have a lot of athletes that have gotten super interested in that in the off season. I think that's great, but you probably need somebody one on one to do that with because it is easy. Like basically in yoga and Pilates, you're working your body in some really vulnerable positions. So for athletes, I'm, I'm probably like super cautious about it, like about what they're doing, like with me and I do work in groups, but it, it does make me nervous out there. So, so especially because there's a lot of people doing it that have minimal training. There's not a lot of training. There's not a lot of, you know, watchdog organizations that say, Hey, you have to be, you know, this in order order to be training athletes. And that's what's, you know, and you also have to have an understanding of what additional training they're doing. Cause if right. you're working with an athlete, they're not just doing that. So if you're not coordinating with their strength coach or with their off season trainer to understand how your work fits in, you could be doing them a disservice. So that's such a good point because I feel like that's the missing piece is that you have to know everything else that they're doing and kind of know what their body's goals are and and maybe the limitations of their body and I think that's probably a lot of the missing pieces I think in general just if you go to a workout class there's so many people that are not in proper form and some people don't correct their proper form so then if that's your livelihood how scary is that that you're going to these classes and not getting corrected and you're doing things wrong and could mess something up so that's such a good point it terrifies me. Like I would never now, like with Matt, I would never let him, I would let him go to somebody else if he wanted to see somebody in another city or something, but I would never let him just jump into like a group class. And I really, I kind of caution my athletes, unless it's a group that's designed for athletes, because those do exist. And I've seen it in the off season. There are people who put together specific for athletes. And I think that's great. But if it's not, it's, I think it's scary. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's all. I mean, that's just great knowledge to have because a lot of people just say, oh, I just, I'm going to go take a class and like fit right in and see how it goes. But like Brittany touched on, I mean, your body is basically how your career is happening. So there's so much that rides on that. And with Matt though, were you working with athletes and then he saw you and he was like, Hey, what's going on? Or like, how was that first interaction? I had my rental car was a red Corvette, which is like a whole nother story. But like, <laughs> like I'm tr- here I am trying to like fly under the radar. And like, I always dressed really conservatively covered up. Like I would have like, you know, my pants on and then my like zip up jacket. I was all, I'm always freezing. So I'm probably wearing a zip up hoodie. That's like up to my neck. And I pull up in this like red Corvette and the guys are coming off the field. So I, this is always from Matt's perspective. Like when he tells the story, it's really funny. So they're like, who is this chick? Because this is something like you don't see, right? So here I am giant, like bag of like equipment stuff, rolling it into, to the clubhouse there in Jupiter. And they actually sent Colton Wong into the 
office in the middle of my interview to find out who I was and what I was doing there. <laughs> and, and it was really funny. I still think that Colton is like maybe part of the reason that I got the job because he came in and he, he had done Pilates. And so he was starting up this conversation literally in the middle of my interview with the head of performance, the head trainer, the head strength coach. And then Colton Wong just like floats in and like, Hey, what are you doing here? And Oh, I love Pilates and like all this stuff. And he was the one that was like, well, when, when do we get to work with you? And that's what kind of facilitated me coming back the next day with that first group. And that first group had Matt in it. So I met him actually like the second day that I was there. And again, I'm operating as if, you know, I'm still married and that's that. And I'm there as a professional and they were all very professional. And we just, after that first session, Matt was somebody at a point in his career where he had just overcome like a really big injury surgery, recovered from it. But after that kind of felt like a little stuck, like kind of like the team wasn't maybe trusting him to like, you know, they were a little nervous. He was going to get hurt again. Matt's nickname is big city because he's, he, he's still a big guy, but he was a lot bigger before <laughs> we had like a kind of a total body transformation. So when I met him, I think he was really open to like, Hey, what, what can I do to be better, to avoid injury, to whatever. So after that first session, a couple of the guys, including Matt were like, I want to know more about this. I want to know, like, can I do that? Like, how often are you going to be down here? What can I do on my own? And that was kind of how the re the working relationship started was that that spring training. So I want to hear how you guys started dating then, because you guys are friends for a while. Things are very casual. But like, when did things shift? So kind of like pride myself on, like I said, so I was a psychology major, like that's my background. Like that's what I studied in college. And I love psychology. I love psychology of sports. Like it's really interesting to me. And I really like the perspective of it. I have a lot of friends who are sports psychologists. I love, this is like, I love talking about that, fascinated by it. And so when we met towards the end of spring training, he was like, I definitely want to come in and work with you in your studio because I was going to work for the Cardinals and I was working all the home games, but I didn't have equipment at their facility. So everything we were doing was with smaller equipment that I would leave at the, at the complex and whatever. I said to him before he left, I was just asking him, we had a one-on-one -on -one session. And I was like, so are you married? Do you have kids? Like asking him these questions. And he had just gotten divorced, like literally very, very newly divorced and was like very tight-lipped about it, did not want to talk. He was quiet. He was shy. And I made a comment and I was like, oh, once you come into the studio, you're going to tell me everything. You're going to spill it. And he was so like taken, like and normally guys are like, ah, you know, whatever. And he was like, looked at me and I was like, oh my God, did I like cross the line? Is that like, much? and I was like, you will. And I'm like, everybody does. And then when we were leaving my last day, there was kind of like hugging a couple of the guys that I worked a lot with. And I went, I, we laugh about our awkward spring training hug at that time because like it was like he like hugged me but like didn't want to like really touch me and I it was like he was just so like polite and like whatever like it was it was funny and then we got back to St. Louis for the start of the season and he came in on like an off day probably sometime after opening day and sure enough he was in my studio for three hours he told me everything about what had happened in his marriage and his divorce. And I knew everything about his family. 
And that was kind of how we started our, our friendship. And then there was, I think a big turning point in his trust in me was about a week or so into the season. He had had a rough game and it just kind of like, he was overwhelmed. He ended up calling me. I was like, do you want to come over? I'm at home, like with my husband at the time, my kids. And we ended up sitting on the back patio. He was bawling his eyes out until about three o'clock in the morning and just getting all of this stuff out. And I started in with like some of like, you know, kind of the mental things that I do with my clients about, I have all these strategies and tools that I give them ways to think about things and shift their perspective about things. And he ended up leaving. And from there, he was like, I am going to get through this. I'm going to, I want to stay here in St. Louis in this off season. I want to work with you. I think you can like, I think you can help me. And so that off season, so we worked with the Cardinals all year long, still nothing. I was like trying to set him up with girls that would come into my studio. Right. Cause like, I wanted him to meet a nice girl and the guys would talk, the single guys there would always talk about it. And like, everybody loved Matt. So they wanted him to meet a good girl. And like, you know, the girls that like are DMing on Instagram are usually not yeah. <laughs> good girls. And I told him, I'm like, you're young, you're like newly divorced, like go have a good time. But like, let me introduce you to like some girls that are like nice girls that I know from the studio and whatever. And he would never, he was like, no, I don't want to go out with any of them and whatever. And we would talk about it a lot about how is he going to meet somebody that likes him for him and not because he's an athlete. And I was like, I'll, I'll help you. I'm going to, you know, be your, like, like his matchmaker or whatever. <laughs> and his type. And we used to talk about it. We, in fact, I remember talking about it in the training room one day, he was talking about, you know, we were talking about the type of girl that Matt needs. Right. And so another player was like, Oh, you need like a girl like him. That's like, you know, that knows what she's doing. She has her own life, like whatever. And I'm married. Like, so he wasn't meaning like me. Right. He was just saying like giving like personality traits. And then it was like, yeah. Like if Kim had like blonde hair and big fake boobs, like she would be perfect. <laughs> like, cause that was like his type. Right. I don't know if I could say that. On here, you can say that. Yeah, can. <laughs> I actually love that you said that. <laughs> right. I mean, like he was, and we laughed about it and I, here I am and I'm like, you know, I'm five, three and I've got like brown hair and I don't have big, big boobs and whatever. So I was like the exact opposite of like what his type was. Yeah. But we, these are things that we like laugh about now because we totally remember these conversations. And then that was the first off season. He stayed in St. Louis we worked seven days a week. He would eat dinner at my house with my family. I would cook for him when he wasn't at my house. I had some other athletes that I would cook for too. Cause I do have like a little, like a nutrition background as well. So I usually work with a registered dietitian to come up with a plan and then I help execute it. And for him, his goal was weight loss and building muscle. We wanted to totally change his body comp. And so by the end of the off season, he had lost 38 pounds, almost 10% body fat, and he looked like a completely different person, totally different person. Wow. So when he went into spring training the following year, which was 2017, he went in, knew that he was going to be competing for playing time. And I said to him once in the off season, I'm like, why do you only play first base? Like, I didn't understand baseball. I should tell you that during my interview with the Cardinals, one of my questions, they said, do you have any questions? I said, do I have to stay for the games? Cause I hate baseball. <laughs> and I like, literally, they, they looked at me and they didn't know if I was kidding or not. And I'm like, no, like for real, like, cause it's so long. Like I, 
they were like, no, I mean, you won't be staying for the games. But I was like, baseball was not. That's so it. funny. I just did not like, I like football and hockey and like, those are like exciting games. And obviously now I like baseball, but even more so now that with the pitch clock was way better. But so when he went in before he went into spring training that off season, I said, why do you only play first base? Like, why don't you play anything else? He was drafted as a catcher. And he said, well, they tell you what they want to play. And I said, well, all these guys, like, why don't you try Like, why don't you just prepare to play in the outfield? Like, what if you just did that? Like, you don't have to go in and be like, put me in the outfield. But like, what if you just get, like, he forgot his glove one day when we were going out to do some of our drills and speed work and he had to stop at Dick's. And I said, just get an outfielder's glove. Like, just, why don't you just get an outfielder's glove? Buys an outfielder's glove. We start doing these outfield drills with some other guys. And so when he goes into spring training this year, 38, almost 40 pounds lighter looking like people were shocked. It was like big. It was like the opening day story, right? It was like, yeah. they gave me on the news. Like, it was like, how did, did you do this? How did, he's like a totally different person. And in spring training, he started shagging balls in the outfield. And the manager, Mike Matheny at the time said, do you, you want to get some reps out there? Do you, and he'd never played in the outfield in his whole career. And he was like, yeah, unfortunately he only got like, maybe like two backfield games that had like zero like fly balls and like didn't get much and they kind of threw him in the game and he didn't look great there like the first couple times but he kept practicing whatever long story short long story long in may of that year right after opening day freddie freeman gets hit with a pitch with the braves and he he's they know he's going to be out for a while and i'm out for a run i'm like still negotiating my contract with the Cardinals. I wasn't like fully back with them that season. And I'm out for a run. My phone's blowing up and I'm so annoyed. I'm like, oh, finally I look at it. And I have 19 messages about Matt being traded. And I was like, what? Because like, he was like at the time, like one of my biggest clients. And I was like, oh my God, like my heart stopped. I'm like, you know, whatever. And he's like also now one of my close friends and I'm reading, he got traded to the Braves. I haven't even talked to him yet. About 15 minutes later, he calls. He had gotten traded about, I don't know, two hours before the game was starting. So he was literally, they're interviewing him. He's in his shower shoes and like, he's like a disaster on that interview. And he was like super upset about it. He's only known the Cardinals. He was drafted by them, whatever, but it's a huge opportunity. So I'm like, this, this is huge. Like you're going to go play every day you're filling in for like one of the best first basemen there, there is like, this is a huge opportunity. He said, I need you to, I need you to go with me. Like, can you fly down there with me? And I did do a lot of travel for other clients. So he knew that there were times, you know, teams were on the road and somebody needed something or whatever during playoffs, I would travel for like the hockey players. And I was like, yeah, I mean, this was like, it's, you know, five 30 on Saturday night. And he's got, to get on a plane in the morning, 7 a.m. on Sunday. So I'm calling my husband and like making sure everything's like set with the kids. I'm like, I'm gonna go down to Atlanta for a couple of days and help him get settled. And on a flight, like he, and this is crazy. And the, you guys probably know this and have heard this before, but like getting traded is like, it's a whirlwind. My perspective though is as his trainer, right? So I'm not looking at, I'm not thinking about, I mean, I am helping him move because he doesn't have anyone else. And so he kind of left everything. and was like, I'm going to need you to like figure out what to do with all my stuff in the apartment and whatever. So we get on the plane, go to Atlanta. We land at 10 30, go to the field and we're staying kind of near the field. 
and I'm coming back for the game for him. And he is the worst game of his life. Like he's, and it's so crazy to think, right? Cause like, here's like, this guy's traded. He lands at 10 30 and at one o'clock, he's going to be on the field in a new uniform with people that he doesn't know that he's never played with. And he went like, Oh, for five, I think with four strikeouts, like the worst. And I was like, Oh my God. And he came back to the hotel and I was sitting in his room with him and he's just crying. Like, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, you are looking at this all wrong. This is like an opportunity of a lifetime. His best friends from the Cardinals FaceTimed him and like got him in a better mood. And they're like, dude, you got out. Like you got like, this is what people like when you're stuck, this mm-hmm. is like what people dream of. And I remember he said to me, he, he said, I just, when they called me in the office, I thought they were going to send me down to Memphis. And I was like, would you rather have been sent down or get, he goes, I think I would have rather been sent down. I'm like, I'm going to like slap you. Like you're wrong. Like you have to, you need a new perspective. So we talked hours, ended up having dinner. And the next day, next night I went to the game and I think, I don't remember if it was that game or there might've been a game in between, but his next game was really, really good hit a home run like probably like you know three for five whatever it was and then the next game I was supposed to leave the next morning and I had met some of the wives there and they're like wait who are you and I'm like I'm a trainer and they're like you're single and he's single like why aren't you guys dating and I'm like well I'm a lot older than him and I have kids and I'm ju- I'm literally just newly divorced like this is like all brand new and we are that's just not what our relationship is and it was not And so I'm supposed to leave at 7 a.m. the next morning. And that night goes into a rain delay. And the rain delays in Atlanta are like the most brutal thing you've ever experienced. And I'm like, I got to go. He's, you know, texting me from, you know, the locker room. He's like, no, 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 it's going to start again. And I'm like, it's a tsunami out here. Like there's no game is getting started. Now it's like 11 o'clock, it's midnight. And I'm thinking, do I just leave and just not tell him I'm leaving and like, pretend I'm still here. And then I'm like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, I'm just going to wait it out. It's going to be like an all nighter. And he ends up walking it off and winning the game for the Braves. Wow. And I was like, I stayed like, cause like, I would have felt so bad if I would have missed that and not been there. Then I proceed to get stuck in the elevator. They won't let me down. And they're like, who are you here for? And I'm like, Matt Adams, Matt Adams, it just walked it off. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, okay. And then literally the security guard was like, okay. And like walked away from me. I'm like, no, seriously. Like I have his car key. Like I got to get down there. So they end up letting, I, they let put me in the elevator. I'm stuck in the elevator for 20 minutes. I'm sweating to death. I'm like, this is like the worst. And I get down there at the same time he comes out of the locker room, which you guys know how long that takes. So like, that's how long I was, you know, feeling this. He's, we go back and he's so excited. He can't sleep. So we end up talking like most of the night I go back to my room, miss my flight. He's texting like, you know, did you land? And I'm like, I'm still here. (laughs) I didn't make my flight. I slept right through my alarm. And that was kind of like, like I stayed an extra night. And that next night was the first time I told him, I'm like, hey, these wives are all like wondering why we're not dating. I kind of like was like, oh, should I not have said that? Is that like awkward? And he was like, why, why aren't we dating? And I'm like, (laughs) I want to go like go. And so we, it was the first time we had this conversation about it and talked about it. Cause like, I didn't know that that was in his mind and I think he's super sensitive. So I think maybe he was like regretting that he said it, anything about it. And then I was like, we need to table this. This is a really important season for you. Like we just cannot 
we can't go there. Like we just have to no distractions. Like, let's just go. But I think it was like in the back of our minds from then and him being traded, we were away from everyone we knew. So like we did start like dating without dating. If Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? We're going out to dinner. We were going, you know, places together. We went, I spent all-star break with him. Like here we are, like we were, we were so weird. Like we had like two hotel rooms, like we're going on all-star break together, but like, we're not dating. So like we have separate rooms and like, I'm still just his trainer. And, and it, and we just, that's what we did for the season. And then that off season coming up, he was going to stay with me. I had my own house and I had this room in the basement, private area for him. And as it's coming closer, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, like when my kids aren't here, like here's this man's just living in my house. (laughs) And like this man, that's now like, we've like kind of thrown it out there and we've been dating, but not dating. And it, it just was so weird. And then as soon as he got there, I think it was kind of obvious to both of us that like, we had developed this really close relationship and we had a conversation. I like, we laid it out. I was like, this is awkward, but we got to get out here. I'm older than you. I'm not having any more kids. Like we, it was literally like, a business deal, right? Like if we're going to do this, like you are my biggest client, like I depend on you for income. This is like weird. <laughs> so we had like the awkward conversation and we went for it anyway. And like when the kids were there, like he would stay in his room and then the kids weren't there. And then we were staying together. And I was like, I can't We <laughs> like, so then we told my kids on a vacation, we like took a vacation with them and told them like, Hey, Matt and I are in a relationship now. And my daughter, who was probably, I don't know, 13, 14 at the time, because they loved him. So they were, she was like, what happens if you guys break up? I, and we looked at each other and I'm like, well, we've, you know, we've talked talked through things and whatever. And she just looks, shakes her head. She goes, well, you better be in it to win it. That's what she (laughs) said. And I will never forget it. And then it was just like, that was it. And then we were in a relationship and it was so like, it happened so fast and it was, but we had known each other so well. So they're like, it didn't feel like much of a transition. I was probably more concerned about what it was going to look like to the outside world since I had been in this job. And I knew I'm like, there's going to be people that like, you know, talk shit about this and, and say like, oh, she was just there for that and whatever. But I knew my story, Matt knew my story, our close friends knew our story. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to continue living my life like this. Like we know how we went about it and we feel good about it. And I didn't get nearly as much bad feedback as I thought I was going to get. Yeah, that was my next question. I was about to bring that up because now not only are you working in the sports world, now you're the significant other. So what was the transition like? Because you're saying that you didn't really have very much negative feedback, which that's a great thing because people just love to judge and it's awful and no one needs that. So what was that like though, becoming the significant other? Because even though you're still continuing your work, now you have kind of two roles that you're balancing balancing, um, within the sports world. So I think my biggest concern and we did, I mean, I definitely did get, you know, the negative stuff, especially like on social media and people that didn't know us and didn't know our story and, and whatnot. But my biggest concern was what are 
the wives of my other clients going to think. So in a way it was kind of like, it's going to make it easier because everyone know. And I, I made a point to anyone I worked with, I wanted a relationship with their wife because I didn't want there to be any question also for the communication purposes, right? Like there's times when I would do something or I would show a wife like, Hey, this is a stretch that you can do for him, right? Like this is what I'm doing. This is like what he needs. Like if you, let me show you, come into the studio, let me show you how to do this. But it was really, really important for me. So that was one thing that I always did from the very, very start. And the one time I didn't do it, I had one client who was very much like, no, this is my space. I don't want my, like, I don't want you communicating with my wife and whatever. It was the only time in my career that I had an issue with a wife and it was that wife. And it was really because there was no reason for us not to have communication. And I tried to explain like, Hey, I do this because I don't want this to be an issue. Like for you, for me, for her, like, this is just the way I do it. And I, the one time I kind of was like, okay, fine. I guess not. It was not good, but that I think. I got off track with your question because you asked like what it was like to transition. I My biggest concern was that I was going to lose clients because people were going to be like, well, they're not going to hire me because I'm his wife or lose clients in baseball, right? I knew it wasn't going to really affect like, you know, I didn't have as many football clients. I had a few in the off season. I, it wasn't going to affect my hockey clients. Like a lot of him, a lot of those guys know each other from just coming in and out of the studio and they meet each other that way. But I was a little bit nervous about like what it was going to look like. Like what were the, you know, I wasn't working for the Cardinals anymore, but like, what were the Cardinals going to think? Like, was that going on the whole time? And then I was like, I, I can't care about that. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't worry about that. Right. So, and even my ex had said to me like, Hey, I know our story. You know, our story, Matt and I are friends. Like it's, it's going to be really hard for people to say that there was anything going on because we're because of the way that we all are. Yeah. So I guess that kind of helped maybe. That's awesome. Well, I also think it, it's not like you went right into the sports industry and then just started dating people in the sports industry. No. Like that would, I feel like that would be kind of a red flag for people. Cause they would think that you were in that position just to kind of get with someone that was an athlete, but right. the way that you guys went about it was not at all quick. <laughs> so it wasn't yeah. like, a <laughs> it was like the most extended, like and so it was almost like we never dated, right? Yeah. Because like we went from being like we went from this friendship to being like having our business deal discussion and then we were <laughs> in a relationship. Like there was no, you know, so I think it was, I think for people, even some of our close friends probably thought, well, that was sudden, but it 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 wasn't in yeah. our like mind. No, we knew everything and more about each other. It was kind of like easy to get into a relationship because I was like, dude, I know everything. I mean, like everything good, bad, <laughs> ugly. He probably knew a lot less about me. I mean, I started opening up more when I finally had to tell him that I was getting divorced. It was in that second spring training and he knew something was wrong. And, you know, my ex had brought the kids down for this trip and it was, there was a lot of tension. It was hard. We had not told our kids yet. We were still functioning as like a family, even though him and I knew what was going on. And I remember talking to him saying, I got to tell Matt, like, and we laugh about it. Cause I'm like, it was like, it was like a third kid that we had to tell. It was like, how do we break the news to Matt? Because 
I knew that Matt being the person that he was, was going to say, this is my fault. I spent all that time at your house. I got in the way of your family. Like I knew he was going to think that when I told him that, but it was a big, you know, off season for him. And I was like, oh shit, I don't want to like, I don't want this to be on the back of his mind. And then he just knew he's like, something is off with you. Like what's going on. And that's, I told him in that off season before he had gotten traded, like, Hey, I have kept this quiet, but I've been going through a divorce for the past year. Wow. And no, and I was like, and you are literally the first person besides my parents to know. So, because we had just decided to do everything very quietly and privately before, and then our parents knew our kids were the second people. And it wasn't till I was living in my own house that we told even, even our close friends. Wow. So, wow. I think it takes, it's such a, it takes a, such a, a strong amount of just brain power, mental capacity to be able to handle all that, because not only are you continuing your own career during that point, but you're also have a family and then you have your outside life. So I just appreciate that you came on and shared all of that, because I know that that is kind of reaching back into the archives a little bit. And it's probably, you know, it's hard to share things. And but we do appreciate you sharing your story. Because I mean, there are so many people that can relate to this in some kind of way. And just your strength in that we do appreciate so much. And when we have everyone come on the podcast, we always ask one last question, because we love to hear different perspective and you have a very wide amount of perspectives, which we truly appreciate. So if you could go back in time though, and tell yourself either starting out in the sports industry, or maybe just someone that is trying to start their career or a relationship, whatever you want to uh, share for your answer, what would you tell your younger self to help yourself out? I would try to tell my younger self, although it'd be very hard because my perspective is different now, but I would try, my advice would be to get to a place where you can understand that everyone has their own unique journey. Your story is not going to look like anyone else's. And if you believe in God and you believe that God has a plan for you, then you can't question where that plan takes you. And I think my younger self was very resistant and even Matt, very resistant to just believing that and surrendering to the fact that like, you know, we all think we know what we want, but if we truly believe that we have a purpose and we're meant to do something meaningful in our lives, then we have to surrender to whatever that path is. And I think it goes to the situation we're in right now. I mean, Matt is just making a huge comeback from being in, you know, independent baseball last year. He went, he had a great spring training. We fully expected to be opening day with the nationals. Like that was, we operated that way from even before spring training was good. He had an unbelievable spring training. We went in and we found out days before that he wasn't going to make the opening day roster. And he had to make a choice. Was he going to go to AAA or, you know, what was he going to do? And we both are in such a different place. Two years ago, we would have been pissed. We would have been cursing the team. It's not fair. Like he deserved it. And now we come from a place of, you know, everybody does. Everyone that's here at this level deserves it. So it's not that there's anyone that's here deserves a chance. And for whatever reason, this 
that wasn't the right opportunity for him. He was needed in Rochester and you just go with it and you keep believing that this is your path and it's taking you where you're meant to be. So, but my younger self would have said, you're full of it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) totally. I think it's like the more you get into the sports industry and the more, you know, directions you end up taking that you didn't think you were ever going to be in and the situations that you didn't think you were ever going to be in, you have to start believing that more because there is a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for yourself. So I love that perspective. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I just loved every perspective that you were able to provide kind of something different than what we've ever had, which is always, always exciting. But thank you again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast or on TikTok at More Than a Season for the latest updates. If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.